The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. It's a Thursday here on the Vlogging the Boys podcast network, and that means it's time to get riled up on the Cowboys with your man, Tom Ryle, and your boy, Roy White. You can follow him at TomRyleBTB. You can hit me up at RW3. We'd love to interact with you as you give us your thoughts on the Dallas Cowboys, and surely there's a lot of them flowing out there right now, Tom. Uh, How did we get here might be the first and foremost question on everybody's mind because – When you rewind things just a few weeks ago, it seemed nigh but impossible for the Cowboys to wind up in any position other than outside of the division winner and likely meaning the fifth seed, right? We've been preparing ourselves mentally for, in my opinion, over a month. I mean, since Thanksgiving, basically. I'd been preparing myself for this moment of, hey, you know, they'll eventually have to go on the road, probably beat a division winner, maybe not a very good one, but they will have to go on the road to do it. And now we're one win away from hosting, not one potentially, but maybe multiple playoff games. My, the NFL is a crazy lady. Yeah, it, it was, it was one of those things where you looked at it like around the 1st of December and the possible paths and the probabilities and the likelihoods, you know, it was never, you couldn't write it off. But pinning your hopes on it just made no sense. Uh, And then, you know, first the Eagles started to stumble, uh, which... I am interpreting, I think, as a lot of people are, is that this is who the Eagles always were. They just were very lucky for the first 11 games, and all of a sudden they've used up all of their luck, and right now they're having trouble buying a win. Uh, You know, they just aren't getting there. But then the Cowboys, you know, they dropped the game against the Bills badly. They got edged out by the Dolphins. Uh, So it's like they had this opportunity and they just couldn't close the deal. Then they played the Lions. And there was that moment that all of us had when we just went, "Mm." they just lost the game and then the flags. You know, and, and we're all going, 
first off, we, you know, you lose it. How did we get here? What happened in that game? Uh, you know, Decker the, didn't report. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I know. It's it's like uh, that. That's getting harassed, and it's it's like that was the classic case to me of a team outsmarting itself. They thought they had this clever little bit of subterfuge, which makes no sense at all because if the guy was going to catch the ball, he would be announced. Uh, And had they announced 68, I don't think they would have completed that two-point conversion. You think not? See, that's Uh, where I – I mean, I kind of differ there. Like, I think they're completing that play either way. It's just they got the mechanics wrong. And so because of that, it went for seemingly the first time in a long time in the Cowboys' favor in one of those weird, obscure kind of rules that winds up usually biting them, wound up playing in their favor. Yeah, but even if if the reporting had all been taken care of, I understand that they had an illegal formation. That's true. That's true. There were two <laughs> flags on that play. So you're right. I mean, it all comes back really where that – I mean, we're all that – where my my brain exploded trying to understand what was going on was when the penalties ensued and Dan Campbell still decided he was going to go for two there. Uh, yeah, he gave the it, Cowboys a huge gift, perhaps yeah. the biggest gift of the season because it ultimately now has turned into a turning point in which, without it, they may not have the situation that they do, and with it, they're potentially host in a playoff game. Yeah, because the Philadelphia Eagles the next day dropped the game to the Arizona Cardinals. And in doing so, it ensured that both teams will have, well, at this point, they have the same record against common opponents. Mm -hmm. So it goes to the next tiebreaker, which is wins within the conference and the Cowboys have a one-game advantage. So if the Cowboys win, regardless of what the Eagles do against a New York Giants team that came very close to beating them two weeks ago in Philadelphia, it doesn't matter what happened to that game. If the Cowboys beat the Commanders, they win the NFC East. They lock up the number two seed if they can beat their Wild card opponent, they will play the divisional round at AT&T Stadium. And as you pointed out, out, it just takes one upset, and all of a sudden the Cowboys could be hosting the NFC Championship game. But they have to win, and they have to win from here on. That's so, all there is to it. Before we get into what they need to do to, you know, take home a victory against Washington, because, you know, that conversation might not take a whole lot, perhaps, the way that the commanders have been playing, but you never want to write anybody off either, considering what we've just seen. Uh, Before we get into that, though, was there any thought in your mind? Because this has been floated out um, amongst social media folks, even amongst, I think, talking heads to a degree that, perhaps the Cowboys would be in a better position by having to go on the road in the first round, meaning that, A, I think it is reasonable to argue that they would face a lesser opponent potentially on the road if they're playing the division winner of the NFC South versus either 
the Rams or the Packers, which are the two teams it seems they could play. There's perhaps a case to be made that those are lesser opponents. I just, in my mind, Tom, I can't square wanting to go on the road, having to stay your team in a hotel circumstance, not be able to sleep in your own bed, the comforts that exist there at home, and, and having to do it on the road just for the sake of maybe getting one guaranteed like lesser opponent. Because at some point, you're going to have to beat a good opponent anyway, right? Yeah. You'd rather have to do it at home. Yeah, it's, and that, it's that, that second game that suddenly starts factoring in. To me. Because then, you know, the second game you're likely going to be going, that could be the San Francisco game. I mean, yeah. let's look at it. If the Cowboys were to go in as the fifth seed and beat – I mean, take your pick. It's going to be the Bucks or the Saints or the Falcons. It could be any one of them. Uh, mm-hmm. I can't remember. I think the Bucks. I can't remember if it's the Bucks or the Saints that are more likely. It's just like it's a mess. Yes. Uh, the entire NFC right now is like every one of the eight NFC games being played this weekend impact the playoffs, which is. For the for the NFL, that's incredible. It means viewership should be at a peak when usually in the last week of the season, there's a lot of meaningless games. There are very few meaningless games this weekend. But you beat the, a- the NFC South champion, given that the others are, you know, would be the Lions. Well, you know. There's the Eagles. So if the Eagles were hosting a game, that might be the team. It's you know, it's just still your your risk is you're going to have to go on the road against a good team, uh, and it could could be the it would be probably the 49ers in that case. Although, like I said, somebody could bump them, and it could mean the Cowboys played the number two seed, which at that point might be the Eagles. Although now the number three seed is I, I can't keep track of it all. I mean, I, I kind of just look at it simply as like, hey, if you're the two seed, you potentially have two weeks to where you're at home, number one. And number two, you have two chances that, well, really one, only one chance, but one chance that someone maybe takes out the Niners before you. Otherwise, in both scenarios, at the end of it all, you're going to have to go on the road to San Francisco to complete the whole thing, right? We know that is ahead of us. But for what they have in front of them, and quite honestly also how they've played recently, I think it makes a whole lot more sense to want to play at home, a place where they have excelled all season long, as opposed to playing on the road, where if they have stumbled, it has almost always been there. And for what you know, measure of like crowd influence and what have you, there is to that, I can't say personally, but I can't imagine that communication on the road is exponentially more difficult than it is at home. And that is indicated simply by the fact that when they're at home, you can hear the inflection and the tone of Dak Prescott's, here we go, here we go. And when they're on the road, they've got to go with a silent count more often than not. Like for those reasons alone, it makes more sense to want to be at home for these first couple of games. So I did just want to address that because I know it's being floated out there a little bit. And that surprised me. Look, I'll take the Rams or the Packers as, you know, scary as that Rams team might be uh, given that they've looked decent. They've looked like they've put it together. 
I'll take my chances at that being at home. So in order to do that, right, to lock up that home spot, a quick thought go. I just wondered, what do you make of the fact that the Rams are going to start Carson Wentz against the 49ers? What, what are they doing? They're prioritizing health. I think they understand that they're better. They're going to have to go on the road anyway. They're better off being as healthy as possible than they and, and not taking a risk of like Matthew Stafford potentially being injured or their offensive line taking hits. I, I think that's what they're prioritizing. And for every team, right, they've got to make that decision. I don't necessarily think it's a bad one in their case, but I also don't view it as an indication that they want the Cowboys. I guess is what some people have alluded to, that maybe they're putting themselves in a position to lose this game so that they can face Dallas. And that also seems like an outrageous reasoning for me. Yeah, and uh, that that could well be because, it, I mean. Do you think I, they want to face them? Do you think they're trying to put themselves in a position to face Dallas? As opposed to the 49ers? Well, they're not going to face the 49ers in the first round, no matter what. Is that That's what I was going to say. Are they locked into the no worse than the sixth seed with a chance no, of I think, up I mean, the it can't. I think they can wind up being uh, – Yeah, they can't Because be the there's seven seed. teams now, right? There's seven teams. Yeah, there's seven. And the, the Rams are nine and seven. The Packers are eight and eight. And I don't know what the tiebreaker would look like between the Rams and the Packers for the the, the sixth seed. Well, yeah, from my from the description of it, I I believe if the Rams were to lose and the Packers were to win, then the Packers would jump ahead of them, and the Cowboys would have to take on the Rams there in that in in that playoff game, right? There yeah. in that first round. But and. and the whole thing is, I think we might be wanting to pull for. I mean, do we want to pull for the Seahawks? You know, for the Packers to lose, the Seahawks to win and get in. It's just it's crazy. The, the Vikings could still get into the mix. That takes like a whole lot of things falling into place. Well, and that's another reason why you shouldn't try to set your deck. You shouldn't try to control anything outside of what you can control. Because getting into the fix the fifth seed was not necessarily going to, you know, guarantee them anything outside of that first week. So regardless of, of all of that, um, I think we can dig ourselves into a hole by dizzying the mind with scenarios. It's best to let it play out and then make assessments based on how the chips have fallen. So to that end, the Washington Commanders, as it stands, Tom, are – the number two pick in the NFL draft. <laughs> They're tied with two other teams, the Arizona Cardinals and the New England Patriots at four and 12. They can't bypass Carolina, who has the worst record in the league. Uh, they're two and 14. So, you know, really, if you said there wasn't any incentive for Washington in this game, it would be for them to lose because by losing, they guarantee themselves the number two overall pick in next year's draft, as opposed to potentially winning the game, can drop them all the way to the seventh spot in the NFL draft. So, like, there's an argument to be made that there's no incentive for Washington to come out and win this game. Yeah. That being I said, I swear I hope the Cowboys don't bank. 
Yeah, I, I and I don't know how much credence I ever put into a team's throwing a game for draft position. Uh, yeah, I don't put any stock in it at all. Actually, I yeah. I agree with you. I think I, it's all individuals out there trying to put the best film on tape that they can to yeah, try to get I, next year's job. Now, I I don't know how the the team is rallying behind Ron Rivera, who seems to be very likely gone. Uh, everyone expects that he's going to be fired. I, I haven't seen that they've actually officially indicated that. I think he's still, you know, kind of swinging in the wind out there, uh, twisting in the wind a little bit, trying to find Dead out. Man walking. Yeah. But, you know, so are they going to rally for him? Or, you know, how does that fact, it's like I said, I have no idea how fired up Washington is going to be. Uh, they still can be dangerous. A shot at an upset of the Cowboys is a big motivator for them. Uh, you know, and that would open the door for the Eagles, despite the fact that Nick Sirianni is talking himself about resting players. Uh, yes, it's, it's, it's just, it's such a strange situation because, as you said, teams are dealing with that whole thing of playoff health, versus, boy, we kind of need to win this game. And the Cowboys are in that whole position of, well, it doesn't get horrible. We're still in the playoffs. And they've got some players, you know, two very important ones that they might want to seriously consider protecting. The first one is, yes, the two Smith brothers on the left side of the offensive line, as I like to call them. You the know, Ty Smiths. Yeah, Tyler Smith is dealing with a torn plantar fascia, which is what you hurt when you get plantar fasciitis, I guess. Uh, I'm not big on the anatomy. I just was a little kind of surprised. I wasn't aware that when he tore it completely, it was a partial tear or something he was fighting through, and now they said that he's torn it. He can play better, which sounds yeah. odd, but you know, I'll trust him to tape it up and dope him up and do whatever, but I don't think they want him to play this weekend. And I'm not that nervous about TJ Bass. I thought he did pretty well. I think that guy's got a future with this team as a, you know, O-line depth and maybe one day uh, might become more. But right now he filled in, I think, pretty effectively. When Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. He might be their uh, 2024 starting center, but that's a conversation for the offseason. In regards to Tyler, you know, if it would help to 
sit him. If rest would make that any better, then I'm all for resting him in this game. Um, it's funny when it comes to like foot injuries, foot injuries, they have the like most outrageous names and there's like three or four of them. There's plantar fascia. There's a uh, Liz Frank, right? And if you hear Liz Frank, that's obviously the much worse of them. No other body part gets that type of special treatment. I just want to say like guy breaks an arm. He breaks an arm, he breaks his wrist. He breaks his wrist. He breaks his hand. He breaks his hand, right? Shoulder injury is a shoulder thing, but the foot gets all the special treatment. Tom, I don't understand that. I don't know where Rex Ryan was when they were coming up with all this stuff. <laughs> There's something there that I think needs to be explored. I digress on that. Tyler, to me, he can sit, right? If he can sit, he can benefit from it, he can sit. Tyron, as well, if he can benefit from it, should probably sit just because I need, I need to know he's going to be there next week. And the only way I know that for sure is if he doesn't play. Having said that, I think your plan that you wrote about in the article to have him dress to be there as a safety valve is the best plan of action going into this game because while they signed some offensive tackle depth this week, he's not going to be ready to go just quite yet. Yeah. Uh, and and by the way, first off, how modest of you, you are the one that first talked about having him dress and wait to see what happens. Uh, make sure that they weren't going to collapse with Chuma Doga out there. You're kind. Uh, yes. Uh, and, yeah, for those that have missed it, well, Collins, uh, uh, along with uh, – Damian Wilson? Fleet. Wilson, yeah, Damian Wilson. Uh, the linebacker have been signed to the practice squad along with a couple people I'd never heard of before, uh, a running back, and I can't even remember what the other guy is. Uh they're obviously making moves to get ready for the playoffs. They are trying to, and, and I feel better about the line depth with Collins coming back on board. They don't even have to put him on the uh, uh, the 53 because they can elevate him three times, I gather. It works the same way right through the playoffs. Uh, same way with Wilson. Find out that they might have to make a move if they make it all the way, which we're really hoping for mm-hmm. but yeah this is i think these were smart moves uh maybe they picked a good time well with college i think it was triggered by uh tyler's injury situation they said okay now we need to do something uh maybe they should have looked at this earlier uh but it's you know it's one of those things we'll see. And and by the way, just as a total side note, this is another advantage Dallas has because uh, you understand Collins got a look from Buffalo, I think, as well. They showed some interest. But guess what the difference between those two teams are for him? Hmm. One, of them he ha- one of them he has to get on an airliner and fly to. The other one, he just gets in his car and drives to work because he lives in Dallas, along with a ton of NFL players who don't actually play for Dallas. Uh, You know, and of course, Collins, uh, it was a free agent. He hadn't played. uh, I think he was recovering from injury, I believe. So it looks like he's good to go. Anyway, that's just a side note I wanted to bring up. 
Well, uh, I like the two additions. I mean, who knows if they will be in a position to like be anything to this team down the stretch, but these are obviously areas of concern. Linebacker especially has been one that, you know, if you have concerns about the Cowboys defense, it probably starts at that position. Um, on the flip side also, there is one more interesting name. I know you said there was a running back that they signed to the practice squad that you weren't that familiar with. You should at least note that Mike McCarthy talked about Dalvin Cook today and admitted that the oh, yeah. team will be visiting with the running back who is expected to clear waivers, uh, if he clears waivers, rather, in the next 24 hours. So uh, by the time this podcast goes live, we could have some word on a visit, and it looks like the Cowboys will be exploring that possibility. Look, I – I think there could be something there as as a fit. Not only do they need a little bit of depth with, uh, you know, Dowdle having been, you know, hindered a little bit at points in time this year, Tony not looking as great as he is. But I also wonder, you know, could Dalvin have a little something left? Just because he didn't get run in New York doesn't mean he's got nothing. It just means that he's not nearly as good as Brees Hall. And that's no insult to anybody if you've seen the type of player that Brees Hall is there with the New York Jets. Yeah, so again, I think that's that's one of these playoff moves. They, they're getting some depth since they they wound up putting Deuce Vaughn on IR. Uh, good luck to him. I hope he comes back next year and is able to do a little something with the team. Uh, but you know, we it's, it's time we need to start just looking at this. It's the last game. It's got just all these implications, thing. But we need to just look at the game. It's an away game. It's outdoors, both of which are not things the Cowboys like. Hmm. Uh, weather doesn't look to be too bad. It's going to be fairly cold, not freezing. But, uh, you know, I don't think there's any precipitation forecast. They still ought to win this game. Come on, people. Uh Sam Howell is going to be, I think it was the first guy since Kirk Cousins in 2017 to start all 17 games for Washington in a season. Uh, he leads the league in interceptions. Or excuse me, he's tied for second in interceptions thrown. Uh, they lead the league in, or they trail the entire league. They're at the bottom in turnover margin. They give the ball away a lot more than they take it away. Uh, the defense ought to be licking their chops at this. Uh, they're, you know, they're not a stand. You know, Howell was tearing it up early, but he hasn't lately. Yeah. Uh, he's dropped down considerably in his product productivity. Uh, can so they don't have? A... Go ahead. Well, and they don't have a ton of weapons that like can really do a lot of damage. Uh, Curtis Samuel and Terry McLaurin have kind of bounced back and forth as like the primary weapons in this offense, and neither of them have been spectacular this season. McLaurin especially, I think, has been a bit of a disappointment for those that, you know, are fantasy folks and, and had high hopes for him as he's kind of risen here over the years. Well, he's plateaued just a bit. I'm curious if you look back to the matchup that the Cowboys played, though, back in November – when they took on Washington as like an indicator at all to what we could see here, because, you know, you mentioned the defense should be ready and have their ears pinned back. They did in that game, but it wasn't until late. If you remember, this was a 20 to 10 game at halftime 
They didn't score at all in the third quarter, and then the Cowboys ran away with 25 points in the fourth quarter, and they wound up making the score look like it was outrageous. But for a bit there, I mean, there was a period there in the second period in the second quarter where the Washington Redskins had had scored, and or excuse me, the Commanders had scored, and they were within four points or so, like just about going into halftime. The Cowboys wound up, you know, running down the field and scoring their own touchdown, made it a ten point game, and they never got close. But anything to be taken from in that game, or are these just two totally separate entities? I I just think the fact the Cowboys did handle them, uh, you know, maybe didn't jump out on them big early. Uh, believe me, if the Cowboys get a 7-10 to 10 point win, I'm going to be thrilled uh, just because it's an away game, just because of all the weirdness, just because of everything. Remember, one of the big factors – in this game is probably going to be Dak Prescott taking care of the ball and taking care of himself. If he's got a Doga out there at left tackle, you know, he's, you know, we already know that Terrence Steele can be a problem right tackle. He's going to have to be, have his radar tuned to high. He's going to have to be looking for any indications of the pass is coming, be ready to get the ball out fast. You know, this may be a, you know, one read and then get rid of it kind of game, just out of caution, because, you know, I would love to have seen Prescott sit this game. They can't afford that, but I would love to have seen him get a chance to be totally protected, get rested up a little. Uh, Maybe they'll run it up and they can run – Cooper Rush out there, or even if they make him active, we might finally see Trey Lance do something on the football field. However, they've got to get some points. Maybe it would be, maybe this is a game where Tony Pollard can finally get some traction going. You know, somebody was pointing out the fact that his, he doesn't grade poorly if you look at PFF and stuff like that, it's there's been problems with the blocking. Uh, they, that's what they felt was going on a little bit. And Pollard, you know, like last game, he had that 18-yard 18 18 run. He looked really good carrying the ball like that. Uh, he should have had another big run, except somehow they flagged Hendershot because – you tripped somebody. Face? Yeah, because the oh, – what's the name? I forget, I forget the Lions. Uh, it was, he was Aiden Hutchinson. Aiden yeah, Hutchinson, Hutchinson accidentally tripped somebody, ran down the field, and then started gesturing to the officials that, oh, there's a penalty on them. Yeah, that's that's on them. Um, it was a shocking display by the officials who Brad Davis and company, the head official and his crew, were basically downgraded from not being able to work a playoff game because of their performance in that contest. So, I mean, yeah, there was a lot that went on in there that ultimately Cowboys fans should be able to hang their hats and say, hey, like, we should have won that game anyway, despite all the miscues there at the end. The game should have been done. Shoot, quite honestly, my McCarthy's play calling there at the end, I think should have also helped end the game. And that is one thing that we can work on in this game against Washington. Show I me hope so. how to handle the two-and-a-half-minute drill. 
Show me how to handle the mi the middle eight, as they refer to it. The final four minutes in the second quarter, the first four minutes in the third. Show me how to handle that, Mike McCarthy. Use your timeouts in a way. Don't don't waste them in this game. Don't don't use it on a third and two where you can't get the call quite in just right. Right? Don't use it in that respect. I need you to show me that from a game management standpoint, as a head coach, you're capable of seeing it in a bigger picture. Because right now, that is another area, Tom. And Packers fans have been sounding the alarm on that. Naysayers of Mike McCarthy have continued to have a leg to stand on in this regard. He has not shown us that he has improved as a as a play caller, as a game yeah. manager from a coaching standpoint. Yeah. And something I don't think they're going to get a chance to work on this week that concerns me is why is the defense suddenly becoming tissue paper at the ends of games when all they need is a damn stop and they just can't seem to get it? I mean, this the, somebody needs to go in and take the whole prevent defense out of Dan Quinn's playbook and say you can't I mean, do Randy that Randy White said it best, and maybe hopefully they listened to him because he was on the field for Jimmy's induction against the Lions. He said it when he said, you know, we always always said the prevent defense, all it ever did was prevent us from winning games. And yes, that's the truth. And that's it dang near did. And I just, you know, let's face it, they dodged a couple of bullets in that game. Uh, and uh, now they're set up. And like you said, it's, it's, some things they can work on, you know, I would love to see the running game show up a little bit, uh, help them control the ball. I would love to see them have a second half where they use a lot of runs because they can afford to and they don't need to be scoring. Uh, I don't know how it's going to play out. It's, you know, you know, just our luck, it's going to be another nail-biter right down to the end. But, yeah. you know, I, I – I, but I just I just want to throw in, you know, I, I write up the games while they're happening, you know, which is kind of a little skill I've had to learn. And believe me, there's nothing you love better than a two-score lead with five minutes left to go because you can really start writing up things because you know what the outcome is going to be. Well, it's true. You know? Even this season, though, right, uh, that Tennessee-Miami game there at one point, brings to mind that maybe you can't write off two scores in the final couple of minutes of a game. But, yeah, yeah. it's nice to be – in the Cowboys' case, right, if they're yeah. up two scores going into the fourth, I think it's very possible we see a Cooper rush from there on. I would and that so. is the ideal game script. If I could draw it up, I would say have this game over, have this game won pretty much by halftime, midway through the third quarter, and we can just do what we do. Tony Pollard? Needs 65 yards, Tom, to get to 1,000 yards. He would be the ninth player this season to do that, assuming uh, a few others yeah. do That's not. one of the uh, weird – He would be He would be the se uh, the seventh player to do that, assuming yeah. a few others probably, you know, get over that hump as well in this upcoming game. But only six players, 1,000-yard rushers. Yeah, that's, that's the other side of things is that – there are some teams that have a two-headed monster kind of thing. But who else is doing that much better? It's like you said, it's just a handful of players. Maybe we're too harsh on Tony Pollard because I I think part of it's the play calling. 
I do. Yeah. I really think I think I think they should go instead of like last game they they uh passed uh, 11 times on first down and ran it 10 times. I'd like to see them go to more like a 65-35 split on that. Pass. Dak Prescott is your weapon. Throw the ball. Uh, then, you know, give Tony Pollard his chances on maybe, you know, second four, second three, and and see what happens. Because a lot of those first down passes are those little six, seven-yard throws. I don't know if you saw it from uh, Cowboys Stats and Graphics there on Twitter. I think it's just Cowboys Stats, but he puts up a lot of fun graphics, yeah. of course, about the Cowboys. And one of them was basically what they've done since that Arizona loss. They have completely flipped it almost to the degree of how much they're passing versus how much they're running. Yeah. And they're having success doing it more so yeah. than any other team in the league. So I yeah. agree with you. Uh, and I don't know why shoot. they didn't do that against the Lions. That that kind of bugged me. Well, hey, we, every game is a new one, and uh, the Cowboys will have an opportunity to tell us a little bit about them as they head into the playoffs. Of course, we want to hear what you have to think. Make sure you hit us up there on Twitter. You can also join in on the conversation on the YouTube channel. Make sure you get there for the pre- and the post-game show as we go live there on the YouTube channel. Make sure to follow Blogging the Boys on YouTube for all that great content and you'll get an update when we go live as well for tom i'm roy you stay riled up on the cowboys and we will see you next week get you ready for the playoffs